Hello and welcome to another episode of Football Revisited Podcast. With me this week is Kai Havertz, a.k.a. Nathan Burke, and Gareth Bale, a.k.a. Cleo Sims. How are we, gents? I assume you're feeling fantastic after your draft begins. Kai Havertz, 13 points. Gareth Bale, 18 points, respectively. Two great pickups. I'll be honest, I'm really glad you explained that because I had no clue why you named us that. Both both just on the fringes of a title challenge as well. I know. Well, Steve Sims is right up enough, four points off top, I think. I refuse to be drawn in, yeah. Don't if give you, me hope. No, no don't, don't play it down. No, don't no, no, no. no. I don't you're you're in this hope. race, though. And if I you, think I'm seven. Yeah, if he beats me on the weekend, we're level. So, I'm, I'll yeah, I need that. Week. I'm seven points off top, and I think, yeah, and I've, I'm playing Steve next. And then Josh is playing Daniel back-to-back. So Daniel has got a big part to play in this league title race. And none of us would have thought that. Well, this way, there's six people who could potentially win. And I'm hoping one of four do. Because I don't <laughs> want two of them to win. So if one of you two do it, I'll be more than happy. Let's not. For all our listeners out there, Sam has been burnt in the past. And he doesn't want to. <laughs> it's the hope that kills you. He went the other, the other way last time. He burned himself. I got third degree burns. Everyone, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, right. Let's get into it. So, obviously, we have to start with the big story: uh, Manchester United versus Liverpool being postponed due to fans storming the pitch, uh, trouble outside the stadium, and alleged trouble outside the team hotels. So, before we get into it, obviously, it goes out saying because this feels like it's been hammered home. Obviously, nobody condones storming a stadium, going onto a pitch, throwing bottles off layers, and you know, intimidating staff members. That goes without saying. So, just to set the scene, um, as you two are Liverpool fans, and Burke's got his lovely Liverpool top on, um, just get your reaction. But forty-eight hours after the event, how we how we feeling about it all now? Uh, yeah, I agree fully what you said. Um, nothing no problems with a peaceful protest and I get that it's got to kind of go as far to make the point that they want to make um, without crossing the line and I do think they or some idiots did cross the line um, but I have no problem with being outside the stadium like in the way on the bus's path because obviously you make the impact that way don't you um, but yeah going in the stadium is a bit too much throwing the flares, throwing the bottles the attempted murder on Graham Souness by throwing a can, um, just unacceptable. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, it was a bit too far, but I get why it's gone that far as well. And yeah. it's not like Carragher nailed it with what I said that it's been, it's not a new thing with Man U fans. It's always been glazed out, even when they were good, and at the top when when they were one of the best teams in the world. So I'm not in this. Oh, it's only because they're second to Man City. No, it's happening. And because they're out of the Champions League place, um, not being in Champions League, so I don't think it's that. I think it's built up a while, and I think they got every right to vent the frustrations, to protest. Two idiots took it too far. Sims, I yeah, disaster as a Liverpool fan. Nice to stay unbeaten this again. Best we played in a while. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I thought Milner played really well in midfield. That week, kept it going. But um, but no, it is. I 
I actually I, I agree with the protest staff with I think well, I think when you listen and when you read up about the Glazers and obviously it's you know it's not something like works that's the important thing, it's not something new. I think it's a bit too easy and simplistic to just turn around and say, Oh, well, this is because of the Super League and you know, I think the Super League is just the absolute trigger point where fans are just snapped and gone, Do you know what, this you know, this is it now. It's no one ever in terms of acting. Yeah. It's um, the tipping point, but it's not. Exactly, yeah. You know, and, and I think what's what is important to remember is, you know, if you're being if you're being honest about it, as a protest, it was very successful. Because yeah. it you know, it's caused absolute mayhem really. There's there's a Premier League game now, the biggest game of the season, and it hasn't been played. And no, they've got to find someone else to play it. You would sky scrambling for hours, trying to, you know, talking. And so, you know, in terms of actual protest, and, you know, if you look historically, outside of football, in order to actually get change, and if you are going to protest, you, you, need, you need to be quite extreme in order to get anything done. Because the idea of a peaceful protest, um, yeah, they, you know, they work and there's a time for it. But, you know, I think in football terms, peaceful protest doesn't really go that far. Yeah. Um, so so I, I can kind of understand, I can... So I, I agree with them protesting. I think it's brilliant they protested. I do, however, have issues maybe with what I said before in terms of how it's going to be brought about. But um, but I think yeah, you got to look at it and go well. It was success, so well done to them. You know, but as you said, the problem is it's kind of the narrative will be you know that they went too far, which and then you've got the, you know the ugly pictures of you know policemen yeah. being slashed and. You kind of lose the sympathy. You, yeah, yeah. In a way, you yeah, you lose credibility almost as well, don't you? Because yeah. it, it's very difficult to then justify the oh well, they, they were doing it for the love of the club. Because you know, you have got to remember if you're pro, if you're do, going to that extreme in terms of your protesting, you're going against your own club. There's nothing worse than going against your own club. Yeah. Like nobody wants to go against your own club. You know, and these people spend thousands of pounds a year traveling up and down the country to watch those players. In the, in you know in that kit, and so you know it, it can it can break your heart in a way I suppose if you know to go against your club and and I think that's the time they did it it's against Liverpool when they've got a good chance of winning which obviously taking away the yeah. politics with the Glazers being a Man U fan that's your season that's what you want that's the first game you look guys oh Liverpool at home and actually they've got a really good chance of winning they're above us in the league it's a great time to play Liverpool as a Man U fan. The fact they're willing to sacrifice that to make their point, I think, shows the strength of the feeling. I think that's an important part. I think it's really important to look at it as... So, Gary Neville's got this thing, he wants to clump it all in together. So, like, I don't know how many times he kept on going on about Super League. And he, he more than anyone, as I highlighted the problems with the Glazers in terms of everything else. Yeah. And I think that's really important. For example, I, I heard him, he, he said, like, four or five times the other day about... Oh, you know, Liverpool fans should do this now with FSG and you hear about Cronky and but at Man United, what they're having is far worse at the moment. Yeah. Like the Man United fans have had, for me, is far, far worse than Liverpool. You look at Liverpool, the FSG, they've got credit in the bank. Because Yeah, they, I, we said last week to me yeah, about FSG. For example, like, you know, for as a, as upset and disappointed as we were with the Super League, I look at Liverpool's situation now and I think Liverpool fans are in more, should be in more of a Right, well, let's see what happens now. Like, because yeah. 
it's the next move they make which is the key one because if they get this one wrong as own does if they don't make changes and don't implement things well then you you know, then you're going down towards the um the you know the glazers route whereas but you know they've always listened, listened for years they've always, yeah do you know I mean? they've always done they've always in the end they've done the right thing yeah you know, glazers they're not even you know, they're not even about like there's, there's nobody at home so <laughs> you know, the idea that it's the same for Arsenal fans and Liverpool fans. It's not. Because our owners are nowhere near as um, well, vacant. Almost. Yeah, and, and again, separate. Exactly. And, and, you know, we're not being plunged into debt. My United has been plunged into debt. Yeah. So, Plus, obviously, we can only go off kind of the reports we get. Obviously, none of us know uh, FSG, don't really know the Glazers, but the people under the Glazers don't really say a lot about Glazers. It's like no news or bad news. With FSG, you've got Kane Daglish who works closely with them. They sack Kane Daglish from the job. And Kane Daglish could not speak higher of them. Klopp speaks so highly of them. Rogers, I think the fact these people are standing up for FSG and have done for years, I think does Stephen Gerrard, the they were the ones who really got rid of him out of Liverpool. He stands up for them. So I think yeah, you've got to respect the job FSG have done. And I said last week that with everything they've done, I'm happy now to just draw a line under the Super League stuff from a Liverpool point of view and be like, right, hopefully they've learned their lesson. On the Man U fans, the timing-wise could be better. Fans have just had a huge win with scrapping the Super League. They got the momentum. Glazers backtracking. Get on it while you can. So no problem with the but, protests. Question for you, but. Do you like because I, I personally don't, but do you think it's in um do you think the timing, so the Super League, the timing of the Super League, um, do you think that's interesting in terms of um that they've done it in a year where there's no fans? You, oh hundred percent. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, again, we we kind of spoke about it last week. I mean, from a business point of view, it is the opportune time to do it because you know, if you do a simple stakeholder analysis, you got no fans at stadiums. You're not going to. Lo- you're not losing any ticket revenue because you can't go anyway. No losing much merchandise uh, on the day of a, of a game. So yeah, I can I can understand why in terms of the timing. That, that could explain why it was a bit rushed as well. Probably. Obviously, fans yeah. are staffed and come back with this yeah. plans in yeah. place. So. But yeah. I, I ask that because you look at for because I. I like the, the whole Liverpool thing, I think, you know, like Burke said, it's not really, it's not a Liverpool thing. So I'm trying to stay on the Man United aspect of it. But what I find interesting is, so I look at, for, I can only speak as in owner-wise from how I look at Liverpool's owners. So for all for all the things they got wrong and they, you know, they trade, they try trademarking the name. Well, obviously they can't do that. So, you know, it's not their name to trademark. It's the, it's the city's name. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, there was the season ticket, um, the, the game price, the ticket prices. And then there was a 77-minute walkout, which you would consider a peaceful protest. Yeah. And in the end, it did work. But that's more because the press was so bad. There was a furlough incident last yeah. lock- in the first lockdown. So they've got, you know, PSG got a lot of things wrong. <coughs> but they've also masterminded Liverpool's first league title. They built a brand new training ground. They built a brand new stand. They spent a lot of money in the community. So, like, you look at that... And, and like, that list of mistakes, every single one they went back on. Exactly. There's a, so there's a, and, and there's always been, for example, you, you know Tom Werner, you know that Mike Gordon, you know who's in charge, and you know there's yeah. a face to it. You look at Man United, the Glazers have owned them for six, 16 years, I think. 
they've taken like I think oh I, I read a stat I think I read a stat and I mean I I'll say you know I, I'm not hundred percent of the figures but it's something around since they took over Man United's debt has grown like by 60 70 percent and all the while they've been taking their dividend out and, you and think, all the while they've been the most successful club in world football in terms of yes. revenue sponsorships record breaking deals every two three years yeah like, i've been to old Trafford. i know what old Trafford looks like it does it looks like a dump no yeah I, I was up in manchester last year and i saw it it looked it is it looks old yeah. The thing Old Trafford's are going for it is it's massive. Yeah. A club and like, it, it looks great on the helicopter shots exactly. Sky Sports have. A club like Man United, like, like, you know, put a bit of money. Because at the end of the day, and I listened to Man United fan, I thought he nailed it. Going to the stadium these days, it's more than just a football. Look at Spurs, the stadium. It's a fan experience. Yeah. yeah. And so you talk about a fan experience. Man United one isn't a nice one, really. It's a slap in the face to... The 78,000 people paying to go on it. Yeah, you talk about that that sky view of Old Trafford. If you look around Old, Tra- or around Old Trafford, there's nothing there. It's just houses. No, I'm not saying kick those people out of the houses. But it looks derelict. There's nothing going on. You just go to the stadium and go home. Yeah, like, and it looks nice. Like the, he's got yeah. the glass front, the, yeah. like, the etchings into it. But then it's when you get close to the rust on the actual metal everywhere. The discoloration in like the actual paint and everything. I I was speaking one of the manu fans in work about it before last week's pod actually, and he was saying how much it's just it. it I think the dump you said, Sims, it does just rust in, lack of colour. It just looks fancy from a distance. For a club their size, and you know the the fans deserve more. So you can hundred percent understand why. Fans have had enough, and 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 I think it is, but it is important to look at it and think, you know what? No, it like, but the issue you've got is as well, you you don't hear from your owner for for years, and then the one time you hear it is his name on the bottom of of a of a statement, which is basically threatening to break away. Yeah, but he probably didn't write, and probably didn't even sign. Somebody <laughs> else did it for him. That's a good question. When was the last time he cleared us at Old Trafford? Because surely they would have gone there and gone, ooh, yeah, it doesn't... Like, they're American. They they own an NFL team. They know how to do it. That's probably the more frustrating thing for the fans. They know that they can do it. Because they own they own Tampa, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I would argue they know how to run a franchise, which is, you know, is a complete different ballgame. So I know what you mean, because they know yeah. how to run a sports sporting team. I mean, I mean, I mean the day. Like, you go there, they know how to put on a show. Like, you know, you've got the pirate ship. You've got yeah. all that so, different yeah. jazz. Right. You know, so surely they know... The fan themselves. experience is everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, hang on. And I was just going to say that because I, I I've heard a stat as well. This um, I think Sue Nurse brought it up that they've pumped uh, was it a billion pound in for transfers since they've taken over. So what? When did they take over? Oh four. So yeah, I think it was something like six hundred, seven hundred million net spend on transfers. Yeah. But then, like I said earlier, the revenue that club has taken, it's it sounds a lot on paper. But when you look over 15, 16 years, no. 700 million for well, a much club that's making that much money, it's not a lot. And actually, the results show on the pitch. Because yeah, exactly. Ferguson kept them there. As soon yeah. as that he left, there's a drop-off. Shows how good he was. Yeah. Shows how good he was those last nine years. But, uh, there is an interesting thing, though. I remember when Fergie left, 
and a few years after, you know, within a year or two, and there were people who were saying, oh, you know, has he jumped ship just before everything's about to come? Because come? you think of that, the last season he really had oh. when he won the league, that team was poor. One of the worst Exactly. Yeah. You looked at, and, you know, like you said, it's a testament to just him, how good, how, well, not good, how brilliant he was. But you think of, like, a legacy, you always want to leave it so it's ready to go again, isn't it? And you think, well, he never spoke out against the Glazers. He, ne- he never did. Neither did the players. That's what Gary Neville, he never, he, I know he said he hasn't, and he, but he didn't, did he? And, and he's admitted that himself. Yeah. You think, like, oh, no, could maybe Fergie? But then it's difficult. It is very difficult because when you're the manager of the club, you can't really go against your own. But, but that's what makes it difficult then, isn't it? That, that's was where... it the Glazers he had the court case against, though? And he took them to court. It was that the owners before? I think the resource. fell out with the the older now, wasn't it? Early right. that was. Yeah. That was over a resource, wasn't it? Yeah. Rock yeah. of Gibraltar resource, yeah. Uh, but but you should think, oh, you know, did, you know, one was it the Fergie knew what was coming and he thought, right, now is it I mean, you know, is he and again, I you, you I would argue, do you know what, he can do what he wants because yeah. Sir Alex, he's he's done more for that club than yeah. they're gonna ever do for him. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but yeah, it's just a stick for opponent fans to kind of Thrill just to get one point back, but Ferguson is still hundred yeah. points clear. So yeah, he's, yeah, he, he can do what like, it means he, nothing. Exactly, yeah. but I just find I do find it interesting in a way that you know you there was there was all fans never liked how they got the club, isn't it? That was the first thing because they basically leveraged. Do you remember we had this debate about Burnley? Mm. We had this debate about Burnley, didn't we? Um, a couple of months ago, where we said, "Oh, I don't like how they." I remember I brought it to you, but about how they got brought, you know, taken over by this new guy. Yeah. Where you effectively load the club with debt in order to buy them. Mm-hmm. So you're like remortgaging your own the club itself, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what a lot of clubs doing. do out there, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, right. but but it's like on them, it, it doesn't make it right, does it? No, no. Do, do you know I, I mean? think I think we'll come on to this, because there is another the next section that we'll come on to where you know it people who buy football clubs predominantly are not great people. And the way they got their money is not by great yeah. means, so it's it's a tough one because you know, like Burnley, no, Burnley are in a prime position to get taken over and maybe jump to another step. You know, there's only a handful of people in the world who can afford to pay 200 million, or like you say, debt, get some finance on debt, and then build it up through that. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe we can move on to that. Let's yeah. do it because I think we may have exhausted. Uh, this conversation. So the WhatsApp group lit up on Sunday evening as I was hanging out of my ass uh, between Birkin Sims. After reading it back, I think this is an appropriate question considering the two opposing sides. But if you want a different sort of question, let me know. Did Sky and or the pundits cover themselves and the company in glory as the story is unfolding? Or is there a different opinion? Now, like I said, there are opposing views, so I will let Burke go first um, to answer the question. No, so I think the pundits cover themselves in glory. Yeah, for me, like when I, whether it's about the owners or about what happened on Sunday, or whether it's just watching a, a random game of football. When I listen to a pundit speak, whether it's Mika Richards, let's use him as an example, I listen to it and go, right, that's Mika Richards' opinion. I'm not holding Sky accountable, so. For me, they all gave their opinions. I didn't agree with them all, but 
I'm not going to say they didn't cover themselves in glory if they give their true, honest opinions. Who am I to disagree? We've had this debate about Roy Keane before now with yeah. his opinion. As long as that is his opinion, I've got no problem with with mm-hmm. that. And uh, we said about Gary Neville earlier with what he was saying going back to the Super League all time when really that wasn't a matter. That's yeah. probably a bit of bad punditry on his part because he weren't covering the matter. But anyone else who was giving their opinion on what was happening, whether it's that game or any other game, I've got no problem as long as they're true to what they believe in. But before Sam's answers, the only thing that annoyed me, I noticed this straight away, and I, I thought this would happen. As soon as it all kicked off, and I appreciate Dave Jones is in a very difficult position because, you know, he's probably being told in his ear, like, you need to tell him that they need to say this. I think he asked Gary Neville twice, you know, trying to home in the point of, oh, it's not good, is it, for people to storm the ground or throw bottles. And then Carver obviously had his, not so called rant, but that that's where Sky fall down a bit for me because you go in, like I just said at the start of this pod, we all know that what they did was wrong. Like, but you don't need to hammer that point home for an hour because obviously they're scrambling to, to talk because they got time to fill. And I just thought that was, it It made Jamie and Cara's, uh, Jamie Carragher and Guy Neville's points better because they kept fighting back against, going, yeah, I completely agree with that, that's fine. But then brought the point home again, going, well, it's not about that. It's about the owners, yeah. European Super with... League, last 15 years. You know, so I thought that was good on, <clears throat> excuse me, on the pundits part. But Sky, for me, showed the way not to do it. To go, yeah, we know that. But let's let's concentrate on the real, real points here. So, yeah, James, what do you what do you think? What do you think they covered it? Uh, no, just on that point you just said there. But um, the problems, the problem that Sky have got now, in my opinion, is the the genies of the bottle for them though. They've Sky. Well, we okay. So. I won't say Sky because to go with Burke. So Guy and Neville and Jamie Carragher have led this from the very beginning. They were being the most outspoken. And a couple of weeks ago, you know, they were seen as like the saviors of English football almost because you know they'd gone hard, they they laid it all out there, and then you know they whipped up this frenzy, which you know other you know it it did it stopped the Super League, and you know you look you know if they maybe hadn't gone. As as hard as they did, perhaps the fan reaction wouldn't have got spiraled like it did, and we you know, we might still. So for that, and I mean I said it at this time, you know, thank God really they did. They yeah. used their platform in the right way, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in the right way in terms of it's you know what I wanted. So for me, it was the right way, and it was certainly I think you know, what I I would say that I, from what I understand and what I can see is that you know I'm just like every other fan basically. So again, everyone. Everyone barred six people. Yeah. Who to but, <laughs> you know, the problem they've got now is, you know, their whole thing was based around, you know, the integrity of the sport, you know, making sure that everyone's a part of it. And, and you're all these, you know, this thing of fair play. And so, you've, you know, you've, you've got to walk the walk now. So going back to what you just said there, but mm. as far as I'm concerned, I at least yesterday they stuck to their guns because they couldn't. Guy Neville and Jamie Carragher didn't have a leg to stand on. If they'd have turned around and said, oh, no, you know, the fans can't do this. This isn't acceptable. Because as far as I'm concerned, they are front they are front and centre in terms of, have, you know, they, they whip this up. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that you know, they've, they've caused the violence, 
but there's no getting away from it. You know, what they their influence had a major effect and a major influence on how the last couple of weeks have played out. So if they'd have come out and said afterwards, or on Sky, isn't it, and gone, oh, well, you know, the fans can't, you know, they can't do this, then I'd have been thinking, well, hang on a sec. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, for that, at least I think, well, yeah, at least you stuck by your word, didn't it? Now, whether you agree or not with how, you know, how it happened, you know, that, that that's by the by almost. For me, the answer to your last point, I'm glad that they stood by by their comments almost. Um, yeah. And go back to your first point, I, I personally thought, no, I thought Sky, I thought Sky came over, I couldn't really disagree more. I thought they scrambled in, I thought, I thought I showed what happens when they have to go off script. Yeah. Pundit. I thought I thought you saw you really saw on Saturday, well, Sunday how out of touch pundits actually are. And and I look at it and I, and I, I thought the same when Jurgen Klopp got absolutely killed two weeks ago after the Leeds game where he said, you know, we've got to be careful about whipping up this frenzy and all this. Because, you know, he would bang on the guy in it, you know, like Jake Humphrey. Um, Gary Lineker, they were all on Twitter saying, oh, cops got this majorly wrong and all that. I, as far as I'm yeah. concerned, they were all really lucky and most of these media outlets were really lucky that on Sunday there was a media blackout because yeah. I think it would have been some very awkward questions to, mm-hmm. to be answered for the likes of like Jay Comfrey, Gary Lineker, these people who were... Because I'll be funny, Jürgen Klopp called it two weeks ago. Yeah, He, he said, you know, we've got to be very careful about whipping things up. And, you know, like I don't want, I don't want to do it, and as I, I said, I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm not doing it. But there are parallels between whipping up a frenzy and, and thinking that people are have got enough sense to do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, in terms yeah. of you look at American politics and you look what happens in America, well, you know, the problem is you can't, like, you can't, you can't allow people basically the, the idea of. Like do it, but you you need to know where the line is because people want. Yeah, but I think with Neville and Carragher especially, like th- I don't think they can be clearer on their stance in terms of they weren't calling for violence. They were say Carragher for one was saying like they are gonna be idiots. Like you rule them out. The majority of the people they spoke to were there on proper reasons. I so agree. I think they have been completely clear in protest. Don't go too far. If people but, do go too far, then I, I get that. Yes, just, I get it, but I can't go. Sorry, sorry. I just want to say, do you know, you watch the hype thing. Like, one of the worst things Sky for me did was the amount of times I heard peaceful protests from Guy Neville and Jamie Carragher. It clearly wasn't. It clearly yeah. didn't. It went further than the peaceful protest. So let's not kid ourselves here now and say, like, as in, not us, as in for Carragher and Neville, isn't it? They kept, and this was like, you know, it was like five o'clock, and, they, and this was like after the whole stadium thing. And they were still at one point, Gary Neville did say peaceful as far as the reports we've had so far confirmed. Yeah, he did yeah. clarify that as, as well. And then he came out late about the police officer. Yeah. So I think... I they, will give them a benefit of the doubt because they were in the stadium. That, you know, they don't know what's going on. Well, they only know so much what's going on at the hotel and outside the stadium. So Yeah. But yeah. Like the language could have been a bit better, I guess. You know, they were inside the stadium. It, although nobody got hurt, as far as we know, inside the stadium. It's not peaceful, is it? Because you've broken into onto a football pitch when there's meant to be a game being played. So, but yeah, just for me, Sky, you could just tell, you could see the tension, you could feel the tension. Like I said, with Dave Jones going back and forth, 
you can imagine people in skies going off. You know, oh. we need we can't be seen as being part of this like this frenzy going off. Oh, come on, letting these people speak about these sort of things. Do you know? So, do you know what I meant about is and this is my major thing. Like me and Burke, we went you know tour tour on Sunday night. Obviously, yeah. It's for me. All right. So they had this whole. They had this like. They had this whole thing about the glazers, isn't it? And then you know it was like Neville was involved, and you had Sooners coming out with his like dinosaur take about, well, you know, I don't if if Man United have been winning trophies, they wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And it's like, well, you clearly, don't, you clearly don't know the feeling because they've been doing it for like Burke said for years. So that nonsense to start off with. But then you you do all that, and then and then he comes up with that line, which actually the one that actually really got me there. Roman Robamba, he's a footballing man. And then Mika Richards was like, oh, and you know, Man City's owners, you know, they've done so much around as if these two now, and, and I know I know you say, but this is just their thing, all right? Yeah. My issue is there was no pushback. And then 10 minutes later, okay, and, and you remember now, we're talking about money, you know, at the end of the day, money's the whole thing here, isn't it? Let's be honest, it's fans be taking taking a mick of, and normally the main reason they're taking a mick of is money. What do they do, Sky? Then they don't go and have a debate about the owners because they, you know, they've already opened that can of worms in terms of the owners. They don't have a debate about, look, you know, how do we see the role of ownership? How do we, what do we expect from our owners? None of this. They go and talk about right, Jack Grealish and Harry Kane. Man United just go and sign a hundred million, and then Roy Keane says something like, and actually, I thought Roy Keane out of all of them came off the best, but it was like, right, how you know, Roy Keane was like, oh, they sign, you know, they just go sign him, and then they're like, oh, Haaland. I was like, hang on a sec. We we've just been saying about you know money and football and greed. I know you're telling Man United like, owners, oh go just go and buy just buy in. Where they get the money from, Zafred? Yeah, and, and the, it, it was like a fifty-minute thing about that. Then yeah, two two things. First of all, I think like Mika Richards is in a really tough position because I think he mentioned it before. He is an ambassador for the club, so. You know, on one hand, you're working for Sky, but you're also working for Man City. So you can't really be slagging off your, well, I don't know if he's manager, but you know what I mean? They, they're paying him Plus, the points he was making, it's not like he was making them up. What they have yeah. done for Manchester's master, what they've done for his career is huge. So yeah. from his personal point of view, he yeah. is going to have a lot more love for them. Like, yeah. yeah, and then you can bring up their political background, but I can't see why that yeah. would need to to be honest same, I kind of go more towards Berg, but I'm maybe in the middle I don't I agree that the Sky should be saying something about these things because I agree you shouldn't be talking about the Glazers and FSG and then not talk about any of the other owners you know Spurs owner Joe Lewis nobody knew, even knows who he is everyone thinks Daniel Levy is the owner he's not he's a uh, shareholder um, what, what I think the best thing for Sky to do I don't think they would do this it's not appropriate to talk about it when you're next to a football pitch in the stadium talking about a game and then obviously that kicks off. Really, they should be having an, like an MNF style show where it's not MNF and you get people talking on that actually know what they're talking about. Yeah, ex-owners. You have a, you know, a human rights activist because that, you know, that's where we're coming from. You know, the Abu Dhabi owners, allegations, human rights, Roman Abramovich, you know, Russian criminal, who knows. So that, that's where I think Sky could improve. They could get a show together and talk about these issues openly and talk about all six owners basically saying, oh, you, I think that's important. It's not just about six. I think, I think that's, 
Oh, it's yeah. every, you could, yeah, you could yeah. put every also knows. Exactly, and that's another one of my points, is that, like, I think, Bats, you alluded to earlier, like, where do these people get their money from? It's not like just the big six clubs of Dodge. You look at Wigan a couple of years ago with the Asian gambling firm coming in. Like, yeah. you could go through 92, and I'd say you're looking at a good 75% plus of probably got owners that haven't always been the most legitimate in their business history. And yeah. I think, like, that's the dirty side of football. And for me, I remember a couple of years ago, I started reading a book about, um, and it was just an agent's book, but it went through transfer details, club ownership, and it was, it put me off football well, like that side of football. And I know, but you're doing the financial podcast, you're going through some financial podcasts with football. And yeah. that's kind of where I was with it a couple of years ago, and I just, tur- it turned me right off it. So for me, when I tune in, and the point you make no buts, to watch Liverpool Man U, and I've got Roy Keane, Mika Richards, Graham Souness, all I want them to be there talking about is football. I don't want them talking to me about human rights or where people have had their money from, because ultimately these are not the best. I'm not going to listen to a word they say about that because I don't trust their opinion on it. I we trust their opinion they on... They know as much as we do. We yeah, exactly. And that's, like... I'm not getting anything from that. Whereas yeah. if they're talking to me through football, their football experiences, their experience on the even Super League is probably the limit because obviously it's a big it's bigger than players but obviously they'd have an impact on it then yeah i'm all for it and i'll listen to every word they have to say but the moment they're talking about business investments and things it's like that it's important to I'm talk not... about it. I, sims I, I completely agree with you with that it, yeah it is very important because it is something that's not talked about and it, and it should be because it is written like berg says it's written about football more so owners you know, let's say six percent owners probably come from some grey area of how they got their finance. But, like, say Chelsea Man City, if you're tuning in, do you really want to listen to them talk about that before or after a game? No. I, I, that's what I mean. I don't think that's the most appropriate place to talk about it. I know I know. on Sunday it was a, they had time to kill, basically, and they could have talked about it. But I think they take a step back and go, right, what can we actually do to get this point a bit better and come across to the audience? But I don't think Sky would do it. Because I can easily see Chelsea or Man City going, oh, Sky, you're coming in. No, thanks. No. Well, it would have to be factual as well, which I think the only one you can look at with facts is kind of Abu Dhabi, because obviously they have got the human rights actually laws in the country they come from. So you know for a fact that that, no, that's wrong. With Roman Abramovich, there's nothing like, because I did some research on this before coming on, there's actually nothing concrete that he's done anything wrong in his life. So I don't think anyone on Sky can go, oh, he's come from illegitimate business history. Because actually, there's not, no evidence at all to show that. And I think with Abramovich, I know you hate the line, uh, but I think he is hell of a football nut. Like, I, I think out I, of the big owners, out of the big owners of not just the big six, the biggest in world football, I say he is probably one that cares more about the club and the culture than anyone else. You see him at most games. More than any of the others. Every the stuff, yeah, exactly. The stuff with COVID. I think he was one of the first to go open the Chelsea doors for NHS yeah. hospitals to take over. I think he is more in tune to that club than a lot of owners. And I, I think I think he's been one of the best owners. And unfortunately, I think the reputation of like a James Bond villain, Russian <laughs> businessman, kind of does follow him. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And the, but the reason I hate that line is just this I it because you where I fall down with this argument is for like you said, but I don't 
I don't watch Man City Chelsea and before the game. I don't want them to I want them to talk about football. Of course I do. Yeah. But my argument is the moment that Sky decided they want to talk about the owners, which they have made, you know, that'd be funny, they've openly decided. Sky have decided. Now you can say us individuals talking about it, but they're on Sky. So they are representing Sky. Okay? So the moment for me, the moment they talk about the Glazers, the moment they talk about any owner, Mike Ashley. The moment they do that, and you know, we talked about the influence they have, then you have like it is your duty. It is your duty to, to be upfront and like like you said, I'm, I don't want them doing it on pitch side, but what I don't want as well is let's not shy away from it. Yeah. You know, let's not let's not just like be like, oh well, you know, it is what it is, but you know, but let's go after like you can go after the glazes all you want. I've gone after them now. But they're not, but you know, some of this, you know, they're not doing some of this stuff. And I agree, nobody owns a football club, none of them, especially the, the massive clubs. None of them are, are white and white. They've all, like, to get, I'm being funny, to get that much money, you've got to do some stuff. Like, I'm not naive, I get that. But this idea that, like, for example, but, uh, Burke, you were saying about, oh, it's, it's not Sky, it's the individuals. Yeah. I, I get it, but I get it, but what I, I can't agree with it because they're on Sky. Like, yeah, but go, I'm gonna quote you. you. I can't remember. I think I'm sure there's something. Oh, I was a huge fuss, and I think Gary Neville had said something, and he was like, Bang on. I think he said something to the government, yeah. And then Dave Jones has had to come on after it and gone, Like, I like, I we need to make clear that this is Gary's personal opinion, not those of Sky. And then yeah. he absolutely killed for it. Like, I don't kill Dave Jones. Like, on Saturday, Sunday, I think Dave Jones is a really good sorry for him. because. Yeah. It's yeah. a difficult one. He's the one having to like steer the conversation. He's being told, and you know, the Premier League weren't giving them any information. They kept on saying it's delayed and all this. But it's like at no stage in the last couple of weeks, and you know, I'm just talking about like a week, but I'm talking in general over the last couple of months, years even, with like a look at Mike Ashley, for years they've been doing this. At no stage has anybody come on and said, like after after like a big take has been said, oh, these are the views of so and so and not that of Sky. So henceforth. Sky are happy to, to ride with that, that. You know they're happy for that to be seen as there, and you have a deep deep. People watch it. They you know they you're, you're you're watching it. You need you should be told the facts. Like Sky have been delighted the last few weeks to ride on Carragher and Neville. You know kicking on the big owners, changing the game for the good. And you know what, brilliant. But for me, you no, know, it's like right, all right then, Sky. You know we we've done that. You time to make changes then. Like I don't expect to see you now. Um, Manchester United playing Norwich on a Monday night where the fans have got to go all the way down on a Monday night. I, you know, I wouldn't expect it. BT the same. It shouldn't happen today. It shouldn't happen that Newcastle have to play Southampton at half past 12 on a Saturday afternoon or afternoon. Where the fa- like we talk about fans, this 15 quid subscription shouldn't happen. Because if we're all about the fans, as we're, as we're talking about, it should, it should. so for me, that's where the hypocrisy comes in and that's where I lose thing with the, with the pundit because it's not the pundits. The pundits are speaking on behalf of Sky. So if they're on Sky, they contracted a Sky. Sky have got Sky have to have to talk openly about it. The moment you start talking about owners is the moment if you go down that route. If you've opened that can of worms, which they have, which they have, then for me, it, it you can't not then discuss it. This idea, As a corporation, I don't disagree. As a corporation, they have shown signs of hypocrisy. I'm not here defending Sky. I don't care less. I'm here just going. There's a time and place to do it, like Bats was saying. I don't think, like, on any weekend show, like, when 
there's a Let football game there. Do you think they'll do it? What? Sorry. As in, can I, so we're saying there's a time and place. Do we think at some stage Sky will do it? No. They'll have that. Because I do, but for a different reason, because I don't see a, a major benefit in it. I gotta be honest. Like, I'm a football I, fan. I don't want to know about that. I, 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 I think. Somebody, I, 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 I think, I think that could be a benefit. I think they, they could have people who are going, ooh, ooh, if they start talking about this side of, of football, you know, maybe I'm a casual fan, you know, watch the odd game, but I'm really, you know, I'm an accountant or I'm interested in finance. Maybe you get some more subscriptions, and then, you know, maybe some fan uh, people who are on Sky. Going, oh, I'm thinking about packing it in, can't be asked. And then this new thing comes on. Because that's what you've got to remember. Sky, I guarantee you, Sky were looking at this going, this is fantastic. Yeah. This game being postponed is brilliant for us. Fantastic. I agree with Sims. The social media blackout came in a very bad time for them because they would have been all over it. So they're sitting there going, well, what can we do here? What can we, what can we breathe in fresh? Because that's all it is with TV. You've got to keep it fresh, keep it going. And doing this sort of thing, talking about the business of sport, talking about the owners, their backgrounds, getting people on who actually know what yeah, they're talking about. Yeah, but then, again, it a lot of that, sport. It can no, be a lot of that is rumours and it's innuendo and all. Oh, you I, hear things, he's dodgy. Like, factually, these people play in the shadows. There's not yeah, a lot you can make. Like, with Brandish, like everything I, we've I, said. I, there will be someone out there, like some Russian business analyst, could even be for the BBC, who knows. Yeah. Somebody like that. Somebody will have a few stories. No, no. There is a different question whether you can talk about these things without exactly. And no, I agree with that. But, but this is where I. They got to start somewhere. I just jump in there though. This is where. So this is my major point. I'm not asking Sky to come out and and either slam people or come out and come on. They don't have to take a side. That's my point. But it's their duty. For me, and I look, I genuinely look at it as it's a responsibility. It's not something they decide to do. It's something they have to do. Is is if you open that can of worms, it is your responsibility to offer both sides. You need to, like, if you're going, because for me, and I come to the point, fine. If you don't, if you don't want to do it, that's absolutely fine. I get that, but then don't don't start it then. Don't talk. No, but surely the two sides is with them, and then not up, not be honest, and not be forthright in how it is because if okay, you're not prepared to go that route then don't do it but the two sides is one side they've gone for super league the other because it's not every owner they're doing this on the two sides on the owners they run the conversation on is their decision to go into the super league which is selfish and greedy and the other side which is mika richards that going actually they're not that selfish and greedy because this is what they've done to manchester that is the two sides of the argument there's no argument like being put forward as to go Oh, they're doing all this to Man City. The other side of the argument is look at the disgusting things they've done to get their money. Like, that's not part of the argument. That's outside the scope of what they're there for and what anyone is tuning into Sky Sports to watch. But it's outside the scope. Make... But that's it. Though. You're looking at it as an argument. I'm looking at it. I don't, I'm not asking for, I'm asking for it to be public, as in just discuss it. I don't, I don't expect them to say, you know, but what they need to do is, right, let's, let's look. What do we, and I, you don't name the clubs. Of course you don't. You don't go, Man City's owners have done this. Chelsea's owner done that. Liverpool's owner's done that. You know, the new Burnley guy, he's done this in Egypt or where he's from. It's not that. It's, right, what do we expect from our owners? What, okay, so you look, then you look and you go, right, so what if we expect, so we expect Man City, for example, look at what their owners have done. As, as an example of the good work they've done around the city, 
the good uh, community, you have a brown bishop, like, what, this is what we expect, right? However, when we look at the, you know, the moral side of it, do we, you know, can we accept having owners come in who have got very checkered history? Because this is the thing, they're not even, they're not even, they're not even saying anything. Like, that's what gets me. Do, can we accept having owners? Like, for example, and, I, and this is an extreme, but like this guy from Spotify now, like, if you're a recording artist, they all hate Spotify because they lose out on millions and millions and millions of pounds. So, in a way, he's, you know, like you said, he's fleeced the music world, basically. Yeah. But it's like, so then you look and go, but, okay, so is that okay? Is it all right to have that? But then, of course, you know, you're going to fall down. You're not going to come down and go, yes, it's all right. No, it's not right. But you've had the discussion. Yeah. This idea for me that you can start the discussion but then leave half of it missing because basically... But no one started that discussion. Yeah. I can't see what discussion they've started whereby that information changes anything. People have come in and gone, look, these these uh, owners have made a really greedy decision to do this. I can't see what part of the discussion needs that. I'm not saying they should, obviously, anyone with a checkered history should just be let loose. I think there is a time and place for it. But for me, that's for the Premier League to decide. And I think it's quite clear that that fit and proper person's test has been an absolute joke. I think Newcastle's last year, that yeah. takeover's the first time it's actually been stopped someone taking Due over a club. And I think that's the Premier League's job to obviously govern that side of it. If the Premier League gives someone the okay by the club, then the TV companies will buy the right off the Premier League I've got to just go with that. That's what they're there for. They're there to display the football. But I, I fight I, for I, football. I don't see like Premier League is running Sky. Sky is running the Premier League. As far as I'm concerned, it's not. It's yeah, not but the in terms of the ownership, it that is the Premier League's call. Club ownership, the Premier League have that test in place. I'll be honest. I look at it and I say, I honestly, I, I genuinely think, I think. The TV companies have so much power. For example, if Sky were like, actually, no, we actually wouldn't mind because if we have that, then, for example, whatever country they're from, we'll, we'll have boost. I reckon if Sky said the Premier League, oh, we found, you know, we, I, I, I genuinely think the Premier League would probably, at the moment, the way they're so spineless, they just be like, okay. Yeah, we'll so that's find- where my problem would lie, is that the Premier League have got to do more to govern these people buying the clubs to make sure they are a fit and proper person with no checked history. And... If that's right, if they got that right, everything else falls into place. Sky would be the last, like the last step for me. If you go back two steps, the problem is with how on earth these people bought the club in the first place. And that's not Sky's problem to fix. That is the Premier League's problem to fix. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not yeah, Sky, Sky can help the Premier League fix that problem. But I, I'm, yeah, I, but it's, I, it's for the Premier League to do that. It's I don't not for Sky to go, well, oh, maybe they can't. Maybe they need Sky's help. They need, they need I don't need, I don't need to... Well, go get Sky's help. It's not for Sky to go, oh, we're going to fix this. But they're then... going to have to fix everything else, though, as well, by the way. I'll just point that out. No, like, but then. Back to... like... Your they're point, Sims, was. Um, your point earlier is Carrigan and Neville were seen as the two guys who saved English football. Yeah, but and Sky, you'd be not more Sky. Right. Carrigan and Neville. For me, I think I, I'm in the boat, Carrigan and Neville. I'm. I have not yet anyone go, Sky has saved English football. So I think if you're giving the pundits the kind of individual praise when they do something like that, and it's not just then, like last year when the subscription got announced, Sky announced that sub- stupid subscription thing. Gary Neville was on Monday Night Football talking out against it. 
I think if you're willing to praise these pundits when they make those individual claims and move things forward themselves, then you've also got to go, when they say something that's not quite right, you go, right, that's the pundits, that's not Sky. Sky can stand by and be like, okay, it's on our channel, yes. But no, the pundit says it, that's what they're paid to do. Otherwise, they could get anyone on and be like, oh, we'll just give them a script and tell them what to say. No, you get the pundits on because you want their opinion, and it's their opinion. Look, I, I think it's a really low bar of funded. If we're saying, like I said, I, I think you open a can of worms. If we're, if we're saying then, it's not what I expect my funders to do. Because I don't, I don't want them talk. I don't want them talking about business. But my point is, if you're going to start it, then you've got to go and do it. For, and in terms of the Premier League, like I look at it and I think, well, you know, Sky, Sky is joined to the hip with Premier League. We like, whether we like it or not, they are, they are firmly joined at the hip. And... Oh yeah, they have influence. Yeah, definitely. I don't expect Sky. I don't want. I don't. I don't want Sky fixing the Premier League's problem in terms of owners. Sky shouldn't have anything to do with it. Should be, you know, they shouldn't be near it. <coughs> Sorry, but what I do want is that if we are going to have the discussions and if we are going to talk, like if we're going to talk about these things on Sky, and I mean, I'm picking on Sky because they got the Premier League. I mean, this is this is not just a an owner. I like guess in general, but this is for me, you know. The, I expect Sky then to to to, to educate because if you're happy to educate us and everything else, just open just open the debate up, and you, you don't have to come down hard. You don't they don't have to come out and say like, oh Sky's position on this is this. That's when you can leave. You can leave the individuals on their own then, and that, you know that's them. But it'll be funny when you got a 50 minute segment yesterday on Harry Kane and Jack Grealish going to Man United. And we're saying that they couldn't have it, you know, they, they couldn't touch on it a bit. Like, you know, what do we expect from our owner? Like, the perfect time was when Meek Richard said, right, you know, all the work. And you go, yeah, that's, you know what, that's brilliant. And you can, do you know what, you can list the things they've done as well. Because I'd be all for it, because it's really interesting. And the Abu Dhabi have done a lot of good work around Manchester, a lot of new jobs, you know, children's pictures. Oh, that's brilliant. But it's like, right, okay. Well, how, but in terms of just in general, though, how do we feel about, you know, Money because the link for me would have been look, we're asking them to sell the we're asking the Glazers to sell this club. Now, who can really buy it? And and the the link is then out of interest, and you, and I wouldn't go to Mike Richards because it wouldn't be fair on him to answer it, but it's you know, the people who can buy this club for that money, are they the type of people we want to have into the English game? That is that and that's all they've got to do. Because by doing that. Okay, you've opened the debate and you've at least shown the other side. I don't expect them to come down hard on, for example, a Bramby. Do you mean like I don't? I really don't. But what I do want is you've got to be prepared to talk about it a little bit, not just oh yeah, Roman's out of a football block. Great. But that's like you said, like you, it wouldn't be fair for Richards to answer that. It's not fair on anyone to answer that because they don't know that. They don't know who the biggest money men in the world are. They don't know what. Money's coming into football. All Sunes can say about Abramovich. All Sunes can say about yeah, but all the only thing Sunes can say about Abramovich is his own personal experience with them because that's the limit of his knowledge of that side of the sport. So he has given his personal opinion on the couple of times he met Abramovich. I don't expect him to go into more detail because it's not authentic anymore. He's given his authentic opinion, same as Richards with the Man City owners, asking them to go. Oh, actually, that's a good point. But can you now speak about 
how they've got their money or like what we expect them to have done before they get a club. I can't see how that's yeah. fair on yeah. anyone, any ex-footballer to answer. You get an expert on. I'll tell you who could do it. Sky News. That's yeah. their job. To give a balanced viewpoint on a matter. Which or, or you get ex-owners on. Ex-owners yeah. yeah, in that position. Whose responsibility is it to sort all that out? Sky. In what way? Well, Sky, if, yeah, if, yeah. If they yeah. expect the conversation to go... On Sky to do this thing. Not... Like, like, but it's not... Do you mean? There, there it is right there. In a nutshell, it's on Sky to offer this kind of service. And literally, Sky News is in the word. It's their own yeah. company. Yeah. I to, Just last point, because we should really move on. Um, I I think it's a fair question. After everything has happened, let, let's not kid ourselves. This is one of the biggest things to happen in sport in the last 100 years, this potential breakaway. One of the biggest stories that's happened. So I don't think it's... I think it's fair to go, well, why did they do that? They did that because they wanted more money. Okay, why do they want more money? If I want to see where someone's going, I need to look at what they've done. So then I think it's fair to ask the question going, well, how do they get their money in the first place? Then once you get back to the, your point, you go, okay, so why do they want more money? And that's how you get the two points. So I agree with Burke in terms of, you shouldn't be asking Michael Richards and Roy Keane to talk about this because it's not their job stick to the football, but I do agree with him in Sky, Sky Sports, Sky News, collaboration, whatever. There should be something, a documentary, documentary series, a film, whatever. Something something like Guy Neville did with the Qatar World Cup. Something along those lines. I agree. Question get, you've asked. I'm point. in the boat that it's the Premier League. We need to make sure those we're questions are all we're established up front. I, whether it's made a TV show out of, I don't care, as long as it roots out the bad for football, because like I said, that is the worst side of football, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, that is something we can agree. <laughs> I fully, I, but I, fully, I basically, if you were to clip the first two sentences you said, I fully agree with it. Like you said, I don't, and Michael, I can't be funny, what does Roy Keane and Michael Richards know? Why, why should they know? They're footballers. But they were know. only on the pundit on Sunday, like on the cast, yeah, because think, of the game of football. When yeah, I'm not asking, they didn't know that Sunday's just the chat was going to come up. Sunday's just Sunday. Like I'm on about in general. This is not a new thing, is it? Like you know, we've had. Are we funny, man? Like Ramage has been here since 2004, and I use Ramage. Like it's a bit actually unfair to be honest, because I'm just using him because he's the obvious candidate. And you know, these these owners have been here a while, so it's not like it's not like they've only just come and Sky have not a chance to do these things. Do you know what I mean? And but it's just that it happens to be right now. That ownership is, you know, front and center, and it's front and center because Sky you put it front and center. Yeah. Now we can say it's yeah. Neville, and, but it's Sky, isn't it? You put Sky Sports News on, it's front and center. You put so, the social media, it's just one of them, and it's just the the, the 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 looking at it just in terms of the next step. For me, it's really interesting because I'm really not comfortable with holding Gary Neville as the savior of football. Because I think there's another debate altogether right there. Like, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, people coming from their own. Because, you know, I'm often, I, I look at things and you've got to look at the source, you've got to think why they're doing it, how it happened. And, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about Gary Neville. Um, but what, what I would say is it, it's interesting now what happens next with Sky? Because they've, they've, gone, they've gone really hard on this. And in terms of Super League, thankfully, thank God they did. 
put it say right. So you know, I'd expect to see some changes this guy, you know. Like I said, I you know, if you're a fan, you want to see some changes. You want to see these stupid kickoff times gone. There should no need for it. Because you know, if you're all about the fan all about the fans and keeping it like it is, well, yeah, go. that's why I'd back is do you know on the Monday night football after the Super League when it was Carragher and Neville and at the end Sky went, This is Sky's statement and they give like a paragraph or two given their standpoint. Then I'm like, right, that is Sky's standpoint. Nothing I've heard before, nothing I've heard after, nothing from Sunday. That's not Sky's standpoint. Sky's standpoint was the statement they released on the Super League. They made a point of going, No, this is what we think. And it was that thing of for the fans stopping it and all that. And yeah, I think that would be hypocritical if they make no changes and that would be on Sky. For me, it's just nothing that's said on the shows by ex-players. I'm not holding Sky accountable and going, well, that pundit said something that Sky don't do, so let's blame Sky. That's where I'm drawing the line. Yeah. Final see, point. You're talking about us on, on this, the WhatsApp, though. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Voice notes next time. <laughs> yeah. um, last point for me: in the early 90s, Sky got together with the Premier League. Premier League got together with uh, Sky. They have a duty to each other because they've grown exponentially with each other. So they need to keep that relationship going, which includes giving the real picture to their paying customers. So let's see where it goes. Let, this is interesting. Let's see in six months how different it is. If there is a new show, if there is changes to kickoff times, let's see if there is actually any difference because it should be it should be obvious. So we shall see. Right, let's uh, move on to the draft. But before that, I just want to give a quick mention to Spurs. Spurs have been crap for ages, but the game on Sunday was brilliant. I know it was against Sheffield and Sheffield shit. Exactly. Yeah. Stayed there because that's what Andy said. I've burnt every recording I've made in the past nine months. But I said, but no, it, it was nice to see. It was I nice loved his finish for his second, just blasted top yeah. bits. Like a FIFA finish. Yeah, it was. You know doing. Yeah. Um, lastly, Jose Mourinho apparently is going to Roma. Best of luck to him. Italian football is where he should be. So, he should still be a Spurs, actually, with a League Cup winner's <laughs> medal on his neck. But... No. no, thank you. Um, Right, so this one was brought up by Sims, I believe, um, after the whole uh, Super League chat. So obviously the boys are Liverpool fans and I'm a Spurs fan. don't know why. Um, so teams we'd support if our teams had gone ahead with the European Super League. Um, so I have the question. So obviously if the six teams had gone, the current top six in Championship would have been automatically brought in to the Premier League. So, we'll go back and forth. Can you name the current top six in the championship as it stands? I will give it to Sims. You can have first pick. Is this in order as well? Just to go in order? It doesn't have to be in order. Okay. Yeah, either of six. I'll try and go in order. Norwich, top. Um, Watford. Bournemouth. Bournemouth are in there, but they're not there. They're both there. Oh. Swans? Correct. Two teams left. 
oh, I know one of them, but I want to leave it because I, I think oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> should I think of the other one out though? What have we got so far? Sorry, Bournemouth, Bournemouth, Watford, Norwich, and Swans. Oh my god, oh, I think I'm gonna have to go the hard one. Go on. Barnsley. Correct. Oh, get to the Quinn Lee, what? I don't think I've got that, that one. Yeah. I think Reading are just outside me. And then Brentford. Oh. Yeah. Of course it is. It's three, oh, three it. Vs, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I thought this would happen. <laughs> lack of pressure. But I, I was quite surprised you didn't get those too quickly. So, obviously we're talking about the championship. Now, can you name... Ten the bottom top ten <laughs> scorers in the league. So the top scorer down to the tenth highest scorer. Can you give me some names? We'll go back and forth. We'll start with Burke this time. Um, uh, Timo Puki. He is second on twenty-six goals. Ivan Tony. He is top on thirty goals. Great season. Um, Cost five million for Peterborough. Snip. Kiefer Moore. Kiefer Moore is fourth on 20 goals. Irish legend. Getting ready for the Euros, isn't he? Yeah. Come on, sorry, James. Andre Ayu. Andre Ayu is sixth on 16 goals. Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe is ninth on 14. <laughs> I hope one of you get one wrong. <laughs> I'm going to think Jamal Lowe might sneak out there. <laughs> um... Oh, struggling now. I've got one name. I've got one in mind, but I don't, <laughs> don't think he's. I don't think he scored that. They are the best of the league. They're all the echelon of the league, the top 10. Top scorers, so there's nobody playing for like Millwall or. I don't, I don't think he scored that many, though. I, I don't. Let me think, have a quick think. Hang on a sec. What's the guy from Reading called? Oh, I'll have to. I'll have because I've got red in, so you to give me that clue. Dominic Salanke, I don't think he has. So. He has, he's there. He's he, he was the he, name I was thinking, but then the red in guy, is it João Pedro? Is that his name? João. João. Oh. It's staring you right in the face. João Sims. I'll take your first one. It's uh, um, Joe Lucas or Lucas. Joe Lucas. Um, yeah, I had a backup name, but I tried to t- steal the. I think I like. I'll I'll take the loss so, just so we can end it. But Adam Armstrong. He's third, twenty-five. Yeah. Oh, good knowledge. The only ones you missed were I, the guy for Bournemouth, Anna Dajuma Gronville. Um, that's how you pronounce his name. Um, and Brendia for Norwich. Is, is Michael Sather? He's 11th. Oh, that would have been the one that I killed. Did well, yeah. Did well. Championship knowledge. This was all about. So it is Sims, Burke, then me. Okie dokie. So I have, I, and I was thinking about what teams you go. I, to start off with, I would never be a Prem team because obviously that's where the league Liverpool were in and if it ever happens. So, and also because I don't like anyone. So I thought, you've got to go lower leagues. 
and, and you've got to look for a fairy tale story. And I think, again, you know, you either go for the absolute, like, you know, real small, like Harrogate Town or somewhere like that, where it's just a little, like, like village, or like literally, it looks like a village, Harrogate does, it's so small. Or you go for, like, the giant sort of fallen by the wayside, need to be picked up, which then brings you into a few clubs. And then there was one that I've always had a soft spot for. And and then I saw the video this morning of their players celebrating after they stayed up. And I thought, no, that's the club for me. Like I could see myself really getting invested in this club. They got a nice, they've had a nice owner in the past. They were a decent, a nice season. owner in the past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave Whelan. Was Dave Whelan was a good owner for Wigan back in the day. Mm. He's an old man. He loved the club. They won an FA Cup. I mean, what's not the like about that? Jimmy Bullard used to play there. They looked like fun. I mean, they're a decent little stadium, which they share with the rugby league team, which I quite like as well. I quite like the rugby league team. So I can see myself supporting Wigan Athletic. The Ticks. Good rugby league team, so. No, Wigan. Yeah, I, I can see that. I could see myself getting on board with the Wigan, like. Nice place, as well. The Ticks. Up the, up the Ticks. That's, that's the local, say. Ticks. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I didn't know you were local. Sorry. Yeah. I'm one would of you, uh, Paul Jewell, would you bring him back? Oh, I'm, well, I'm all for him these days. I, I look at that season. Andre Cameron, Catherine Bonner, Paul Sharna, unbelievable. Mike Paul letting goal. Mike Paul, I think, think a keeper's name. Yeah. And voice. That's what I think I remember is if I was a Wigan fan, imagine how much fun they'd have watching back the old Premier League years and stuff. And the, the FA Cup win. Good old days. Yeah. The FA Cup win. You know I mean? well, you've got Roberto Martinez going from there to now managing one of the biggest nation, football nations around. Crazy. Yeah, I, I think I'm alright. I can see you getting hooked already, boys. <laughs> the ticks have got you. I, I, I've done a FIFA season with them recently, so yeah. I've been with them on football manager a couple of times, just the way it's fallen. I signed Jago Silva and I thought, nah, I can't do this. So <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I remember I had Salomon Ron Dunn. He tore it up for me. Oof. We got fourth in our first Premier season because he couldn't he's stop playing, scoring. He's still playing for Ruben Kazan. No, he went to China, didn't he? He goes China. Uh, with uh, Rafa, the same club as Rafa after Newcastle. Don't say that name because he'd be linked to Spurs. If oh, he you, you could yeah, do worse. I might be picking one of these two teams. I'd <laughs> um, for me, I'm going to go completely against Sims, not like me, and stick with the Premier League clubs my first... Um, team i've got a few clubs in there that i don't know why i've just got soft spots for and i think it's because the fan base is very similar to the liverpool fan base in terms of it's all or nothing we've had a bit of success lately but before that it was a dark place and i can see that a lot of these fans are in that same place where they feel they should be higher than they are um and they have been in the past so i'm gonna go the first club I support would be Aston Villa. I like the stadium. I like the fact you've got local lad Dean Smith, a childhood fan in charge. Um, Jack Grealish, obviously, I've spoken about him loads. So I think he's class. So as long as he's not pissing off to the Super League with Man U or something, then. English uh, back four. That's always nice. Yeah, I, I like Ollie Watkins. I watched him the other day and Rob, I remember him saying, Do you remember at the start of the season we had our draft, best signings of the season? And Rob said, Ollie Watkins. And he um, said about watching him in the playoff final, when the playoff semi-final, and he was watching his movement. He said he was like amazed by it. 
I was watching. I was watching. Yeah, that's it. I was watching um, Aston Villa the other night, and his movement was incredible. It's like every time Villa lumped it long, whether they lumped it to the left touchline, right touchline, just behind the defence central, he was always the closest player to it. He, it's like he knew where he was going. Um, Grealish, when he comes back, I think it's going to put them up a level again. I, I like the team. I like the stadium. And, yeah, I feel for the fans. They've had it tough. So, uh, yeah, I'll go Villa. Villa were on my list purely because when I started watching football as well, at eight or nine and a few years after that, it was always them and Everton as the two teams fighting for top four. Yeah. And they were yeah. up because Aston Villa Everton just played and that was always a big game to see oh, who might challenge for top four. I love Villa Park. I actually love Villa Park. I think it's one of the best grounds in England. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Um, I'm glad you said Villa because the way Sim started, I was like, ooh, I'm going to... So my picture. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a mixture. And my first team is gonna be along the lines of Mr. Cleo Sims. Now, this team has been managed by one of the greatest managers the Premier League has ever seen. It has been home to a number of players that won World Cups, won leagues, been fantastic players. But they fall on hard times. As we've mentioned earlier on in the board, owners, bad ownership. I've seen this club plummet to the depths of the pyramid. They've kind of stabilised. I'm sure they had a team where they played under-16s or under-19s for a league game because they ran out of players. So my first team is going to be, you know it, Burke, Bolton Wanderers. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Big bring Sam, bring it back. back. Bring it back. You know, all the problems you had back in with the ownership, I'll just say, Big Sam, come in. Do you want me? Do you want like back in the day, get his team back to the league. That'd be a lovely job for him. Oh, but is it? Just go look, look, blank check. It's yours for as long as you want it. So he's been to the Middle East, get get some money, get well, it back I over the remember, but is that I think you've done a really good job of selling it there. <clears throat> and I'm going to send. I give you the clinch. You know, sure. not only have they been managed by Big Sam, they've also been managed by a Masters Golden Boot winner. You know, we're <laughs> There we go, big Sam manager. Oh, I mean, God, they did get some them. The pedigree of our management, good lord. It's been a while. Since Is there room for Gary Megson? Gary Megson, anyone on the list? Yeah. Sam is he? Get him <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. Get him in. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's first pick. Um, my second pick, similar lines to Burke. This team, even though they are technically a rival, but they're not really. Um, even though they're in the same city. Again, this is a Premier League years pick. Every time you watch Premier League years, this team is playing you're like, oh, that stadium is just, it's not the biggest, it's not the best. There's just something about it that just screams Premier League. And that is Craven Cottage. And that's why I would pick Fulham. No, they haven't been very good recently. They've gone up and down, maybe your team. But in their heyday, brilliant Premier League team has some great players. Spurs have pinched a few. And just, just I don't know, there's something about Fulham. Graham Cottage just seems nice. Remember Paul Konchesky scoring that screamer from left back? Yeah, just, just Fulham a nice nice team. Nice so team. when you think Fulham Premier League, what what team are there stand out to? For me, uh, it's the mid-2000s, early Brede Hangland era. Like, mm. um, that team. That like just, yeah, I think God was Lewis Boamorte. I like Brian McBride up top. That one. Yeah. Tom yeah. Zinski. 
Oh, get me back. Oh, some nice. They had a nice That's kit. Well, black and red. Remember that? Oh, the pizza. The I remember the pizza. Oh, 3G. Yeah, yeah. that 3G was like Roy Hodgson. I remember the yeah. pizza one being like the first one I remember properly. Like the Van der Sar team. Yes. Oh, that, yeah. That was a 2010 Europa League final. Yeah. That's the kind of journey you want as football club. It's getting. You know, they've gone down now, but... Knocking you they out on the way. Like, oh, still... I remember that game. Oof. Under the lights. Standard. Can I pick Fulham as well? Of course you can. <laughs> Go on. Um, no, I'll jump down a few leagues. Um, I don't know how I feel about this one, because it feels a bit... Too much like a PR club now. But I'm going to go with them, because there's good times there. There's good times to be had. So I'm going in now at the floor, knowing there's a ladder here, and we might have some good times along the way. I've had a few lovely careers with them on Football Manager as well, where I've taken them to the heights of European football and world football. So I'm hoping that someone else can do that instead of me. (laughs) And with the two Hollywood A-listers at the helm... Let's go with Wrexham. Let's go with Wrexham. Why not? Good times are coming. We all like it. You think that? I am. Um, it was between our Clannetty Town. Well, I thought I, I, if I, I had money on you picking Wrexham, but I was a bit worried when you started there. I thought you were going to pick someone else. I thought, oh, please don't. Who did you think? I thought you might go down Salford, and I was like, oh. Oh, no. No, not to shame. Out of interest, are we only confined to England or British leagues? No, you can, you can, you can pick a foreign oh, team. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've left my club, and I so I can go wherever I want. Really. Yeah, so, exactly. exactly yeah. You got the whole world. You go yeah. There. So I'm going to take you to the Venezuelan second division. <laughs> and <laughs> no, I'm, I was there was one team I, I've always more in like it's more intrigue than anything. And you talk like we've spoken a bit actually about like integrity and the morals of football, and it, I just love, I love, and I find it so interesting the idea of this team. So I'm going to go to, um, well, we would call it Athletic Bilbao, but to them it's just athletic, um, athletic club, I think it is, isn't it? But this idea that you can only, you only buy and, you, uh, and you, well, you promote from within to begin with, and that you've got a team full of Basque players, I just think that's so interesting. And I think in terms of, obviously I'm not Basque, but if you were, if you were from that region, I mean, the amount of, um, I don't know, the... The connection they must have to their football team must be unbelievable, because you know it's their own people and their own lads yeah. playing for them. And I think that'd be an unbelievable thing to be a part of. Plus, I mean they're quite good. That's what that helps. Yeah, it's a good division. They, you know, surprising probably... like how much they're holding their own. They've been yeah. in quite far yeah. Europe League. It it to be honest, it's, it's quite amazing to actually if you think about it. The fact yeah. that they, you know, and I just think the, the idea and the, you know the the whole like. It's, you know, it's, almost, it's not an experiment, because they've been doing it for 80-odd years, but I think it's really interesting. And it's something you could, re- like, you always look for a bit of a story and something to get behind, and you can pin you can pin your hat on it, and you can be, oh, God, you know, that's brilliant. That's what I want in my football team. So I am going to go with uh, Athletic Bilbao. Brilliant, brilliant ah. pick. Yeah, good pick. Yeah. You done a cream order then, Bets? Not for a while. I, I may have done one. But they're a tough one on cream order, because you're like, well, do I ruin the whole... Yeah, atmosphere year and bring in some foreign players. Oh no, was it Adarees you did it with, or was that Daniel? Daniel did a career with that. Daniel team, yeah. did. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, yeah, Adiris, brilliant player. Yeah. It is amazing. After he's in like 34. Yeah, yeah. It's a story. Like if somebody told, if somebody wasn't a football fan, you told them that big, like, no way, you can't. No. Yeah. That would be true, surely. Mm. But, yeah. It's like a local team now. <laughs> it's, it, it is amazing. When you... when you think about it, it's like having a team of just people from Cardiff. Yeah. And I going right, like, yeah, we're going to take on. You, you look great. You, and, you know, the thing is, well, I mean, you obviously they lose their best ones because they get, so like, you're generating your own money and then you're, you're having to spend massive on other players because obviously you can't go out and buy like 90%. I, I always find that even the scouting I find like a really interesting. Like, how does that work? Yeah. I mean, like, because there's scouting networks all over the world for most clubs. Well, their scouting network was just like within a 50 mile radius. Yeah. Am I right in saying they don't play a certain, like, they don't play counter attack, they don't play tiki taka, they, they kind of, I don't know, I couldn't tell you what kind of style they play, like a Barcelona or yeah. an Ajax or something yeah. like that. The only rule they've got is that, that you can have a foreign manager, isn't it? Because obviously Bielsa was there. So when Bielsa was there, they, I remember them turning up a play old Trafford, and I think they lost something like, oh, they, oh, they won, yeah, no, they won. Sure, they like, won, yeah. Yeah, and they, yeah. They, they, like, they were unbelievable. But like no, it's, just, it's a fun story, isn't it? It's, it's, I mean, yeah. to them, it's more than a story. But and, you know, once I'm a year in and I'm all about all aboard like the train, it's going to be yeah. more than a story to me. But to <laughs> me, it's something fun to track. Like, was it um, Javier Martinez? I remember that was the big one. They sold him for big money to buy it. Yeah, and and the Fernando Llorente, experts. He was there banging in goals. Well, they got the um, Spanish Cup final, didn't they? A few weeks ago, Monaín. Uh, there was a story yeah. of him staying on the pitch, yeah, and Naki Williams, his younger brother now as well, broken for team. Uh, Naki Williams played 191 consecutive football games. Unbelievable. And you think the way he plays, like that explosive, like just textbook muscle injuries, like yeah. those players always get injured, like or miss a week here and there. To not miss one. I think we've got a fan. <laughs> Career board, I think. It's a challenge. I've I've got my uh, I standing from Andrew Tlenetti down, so I'm sticking with them for now. Going to the Joxine Lounge for one pound pints uh, half time. That's what the fans want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, any honourable mentions? Anyone? I got one that I don't think Sims likes. It's a Newcastle. Hey, if I, you want to spoil Newcastle, crack on. I got Newcastle for the same reason. Villa just tough times. I feel for them. They've had it really tough with the owners and dropping division, and how fanatical they are. I feel they deserve something, you know, so they can have my sport. A good experience, I guess, for the fans. I, I've, yeah. And and yeah. the stadium is massive. The way it's in the centre, like you go into Newcastle and it opens up. Like yeah. I know what film goal was. What I know. Film that. Goal was. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's I the one. St James's Park, whatever it's called now. Because I hate the fact there's three huge stands <laughs> and then one absolute crap <laughs> one. And it annoys me so much. I don't know, but it's exactly the same. Yeah. Oh, that, I could never support them because I just be like, oh, here we go. Just, let's just, just build it up, make it bigger. <laughs> and I love the Alan Shearer story, like of him choosing to go back home over Man U when they came in for him and stuff like that. And he's gone there, broken all the records, quality. I think the best thing about being, if you went to Newcastle as a fan, is the fact that the other fans with you. So, like, for me, that's their best selling point. It's how fanatical the 
your fellow fans would be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like a proper okay, and it's like it's like a religion up there, isn't it? Yeah. So, I think because you know, let's be honest, if you're signing up there, you're gonna you're signing yourself up for a lot of heartbreak. Also, yeah. I think ownership would be on the agenda every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for the you good of the part, I'm glad you've gone Villa first. <laughs> any few Sims, any other ones? Um no, I mean, I had the obvious one, where, and I was thinking, but then I wouldn't do it because it's a bit like, well, what's the point? I, I was thinking Ajax, but it's like, well, what's the point? Because, you know, you, oh, you were going to say Ajax. Yeah, you know, the best teams. I'm glad you didn't because I would have been like, I don't really, it's like, it doesn't feel like, I, so it's like a glory hunt that almost moving in. Yeah. Like, I know they don't win in Europe, but I mean, they're pretty good in their own. The one team I always like, I always like them, weirdly. And they wouldn't. They're not top of their league. It's fire, you know. I don't yeah. know why. Like, I couldn't tell you why. I can't even sell them. To you. I <laughs> just just coach. Just I mean, yeah. I go with them. Fire, you know. The only one I had was, well, I had Swans, but I mean, when picking Swans, Bournemouth I had. I was like Bournemouth. I don't know why. Mm. I haven't seen. A small ground yeah, mentality. You've always been uh, anti Bournemouth, anti Bournemouth. Do you know, like when we talk about teams getting relegated, like and how would you feel if that team went Bournemouth? Them going on prem, I had absolutely no feeling whatsoever. Like I wasn't upset, I wasn't delighted. I'm just like they're nothing club. They mean nothing to me. Yeah, stop wasting my time. I'd rather have a club in the prem that I hate, just so I feel something. Like so, there's something there when Liverpool play them or when I watch it. Bournemouth were never anything that's so I, irrelevant as a club. I love because I knew as soon as you said, I knew because I know how it feels about him. Just and then the fact that like, oh, you can see how annoyed he's getting as he's talking. I didn't realize it was a trigger because, like, oh, oh, so, so irrelevant. I might they've, do never, it. they've never been anything, they remember, never will be anything. Do you remember when like, the whole Wolves thing on Burke was saying about he doesn't like he thinks Wolves actually pretty average? Hmm. So, like. That like wolves are fast becoming the new Bournemouth because it's like like Burke said like Burke always looked at them as just uh, what are you like yeah. you're nothing you're absolutely you've got no redeeming feature and I kind of get it because it's like stadiums <laughs> nothing like they had Eddie Howe who they were just like happy to get like sixteen you know back. yeah the players don't care but you can't say any of those players were proud to play for Bournemouth same with Wolves I see their players going right where's next where am I going next. And I think like, that's never good. He was proud to play for Bournemouth. Yeah, but then if I'm if then Charlie Daniels is the yeah if Charlie Daniels is the biggest selling point of a club, then it's big issues of player. Uh, I, won't have, I won't have Steve any Cook as well and Simon Francis. I, yeah, I'm <laughs> done. I'm I'm more, I'm, I'm Aaron Ramsdale. Oh my. <laughs> I do think it's interesting that actually none of us at any stage mentioned a, like we're supporting them because of a player. Because like. Yeah. That tends to be something that people do, isn't it? It's like, oh, I quite like that player. Grealish so, was a kind of... I was going to say, I thought, yeah. But, but like, like it's, it's the, the club around it. Grealish is kind of what pick, made me pick them over Newcastle. Because, do you know what? It, well, going back to last week's pod, we spoke last week about, oh, you know, I think it was the thing about Spurs, isn't it? It's like, you know, stadiums don't mean anything. But I think every one of us said, oh, I quite like that stadium. Yeah. So, turns out, for, actual, for supporting a team... Stadiums are important. Probably <laughs> yeah. actually wouldn't go there. Not important. We'll if Patrick Willard spoke Bournemouth with that shed they got, then 
<laughs> I just like you know they're down in the course you go twelve thousand seated stadium stadium just you know, did you say full of them? Did you say full of them? Yeah, I did say full of them. Yeah. So you got Craven Carter <laughs> and the, the, the vitality. Oh, call me old fashioned. I like them. <laughs> old depressing. Have you seen that video of the bloke going to Bournemouth? I can't remember. He's a fan of like Chef United, United fan. First time in Premier League for like fifteen years, and he's videoing himself coming up to the stand and here we are Premier League, and then he sees the pitch and goes. What the fuck says? Just because well, it's such a shed. West Ham were another. Oh yeah, West Ham were another club. Just because of how well they played the other night, I wouldn't need to give them a shout out. But as soon as we did that earlier, I didn't have to. Oh, but well, there's no way we're sort of West Ham. And I do. I would have supported them for the West Ham way. Yeah, yeah. The first question I'd be asking the, the fans: What's West Ham? <laughs> Someone explain to me what the West Ham way is. Just tell me. Oh, I don't know if could. Um. <laughs> Right, before we go, because it is 60 minutes past eight, PSG, Man City, what do you think? I think I'm telling what Sims is doing. Is it already 1 0? It is. To whom? To Just to City. Who scored? Uh, Riyad Mahrez. Oh, breaking news. I just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, who do we think is going through? But sounds like Man City probably going to. Sorry, I, I thought I was going to tell you. Yeah, no, I'm happy. I'm... It's a bit awkward you say PSG win 3 0 and they're already. Yeah, won. exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say PSG go through. 3 0? Yeah. (laughs) Clean sheets all around. We'll see if it comes true. Right. Enjoy that one, boys. Let's go watch a football. And we'll leave it there. All the best. Here we go. Bye bye.